Welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Zali, licensed esthetician, acne specialist, NASM certified health coach. I'm the founder of my own skincare line, Free Skin by Tessa, and I have an all virtual skincare consulting practice. I help people clear and achieve the skin of their dreams all through the comfort of home. It is the best job in the world, and it really inspired this week's episode because I mainly work with young women in their 20s. I'm open to anyone and everyone, but that is the demographic I seem to attract. And this week especially, I just really noticed there are a lot of young women who are in a lot of pain and who are experiencing a lot of suffering because of how they feel about their skin. And I totally get that. It is the first thing you see in the morning before bed. It's what you present to the outward world and society. And, you know, although we are not our skin, we're not our acne, it totally makes sense that it affects people's mental health. But I think just this week more than ever, it just kind of humbled me and I realized how deeply stressed and sad so many young women are because of skin concerns, self-image, lack of confidence. And it got me reflecting a lot about myself, actually. I have recently undergone a big life change. I have moved on my own to a place I've always wanted to live in Orange County. To me, it is just like waking up in vacation land every day. It's very safe, very clean, very fun to live here. And um, yeah, I've just always been really drawn to it. I went to college here. And I think maybe that's part of the self-reflection and the thinking about um, being in my 20s as well. I just was not the person you see today at all whatsoever in my 20s. And I say that to hopefully make, make anyone listening who's struggling feel better and know that you have more time than you think you have. And so much can change in, you know, a couple of years I I really feel like the person I was in my early 20s and the person I am now are two completely different people. I had to go through a really messy period, you guys, of, of overdoing a lot of things like drinking alcohol, dating the wrong people who really didn't value me or care whether I could express myself a lot. I think I gave my power away to people who would tell me you need to dress like this. You can only listen to this music. You have to be like this. And I think there was a lot of conditioning that went on in my 20s and a lot of just (laughs) trial and error, trying to get jobs, failing, not being good at them starting new jobs and, you know, a lot of life is just so new as a person in your 20s, especially when you're trying to be an adult in the workforce or um, dating people. There's just so much you don't know and that is okay. I really wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. I had to learn 
to be careful with myself, to take care of myself, to try to put myself in good situations and, and really do, um, do better by myself. But I just want you to know, like learning about nutrition, learning about skin, how to take care of my acne, how to avoid people who did not respect me or really elevate my life. Um, those were things I learned with time. And I think they've all been part of learning self-respect and having self-confidence. And I think self-confidence, it really does come from knowing you can bet on yourself, knowing that you believe in yourself, knowing you can show up for yourself. And no matter the outcome, no matter what happens, even if things don't go perfectly, knowing it, whatever happens does not take away from your worth. And I think even in my late twenties, if I were to make a mistake at work and not be perfect, it would be so hard for me because that was my self image. And I think the difference now is just that I don't outsource my power. I think working for myself has been very empowering. It allows me to be myself. It allows me to pursue my passion and, you know, what feels good to me, which is making other people feel good about themselves. But my messaging is really just that you have time and don't be so hard on yourself. It will all work out. And all of the experiences you are having now, whether they are good or bad or easy or really hard, they are all going to shape you into the best possible person you can be. So nothing is a waste as long as you learn from it and use it to show up a little bit better the next day, like even 1% better. I think that's kind of a perfect little pivot to start getting into some of your questions and I'll just be sharing bits and pieces from there that hopefully can help somebody else out there. Okay, I think these are kind of a mix of esthetician business, personal life, all the things. The first question is, the main thing I struggle with is imposter syndrome. Do you have any advice? I think something I've realized lately is <laughs> it's pretty simple advice, but I really think you are who you want to be. And I think I spent a lot of years, I wouldn't say wasted because they were just growing pains and it was a time I had to go through to really develop confidence. But I will say, if you want to be confident today, you truly can be. And I think sometimes we simplify it by saying, you know, just fake it till you make it. I don't even think you have to fake it. Like if you want to be confident, articulate, sure of yourself, you can be. It really comes down to the topic, knowing your stuff and um, really studying it, practicing and just knowing that you can show up for yourself, I think that's kind of at the heart of it. Like you really have to trust yourself. And if you are a person who continuously shows up, who tries their best, who might be scared in certain situations but puts yourself out there anyway, I think you'll be surprised how much you can learn just kind of taking that jump. You don't have to know 
everything in life, it's really just about showing up and then kind of pushing yourself to do it. And I just think so many women even want to cling to this idea of imposter syndrome. And just on the other side of the coin, I feel like that's so uncommon with men. I feel like their default is being confident and self-assured, and I want that for more women. Why do we doubt ourselves? I I bet you are more than capable. I bet even this person asking the question is incredibly competent and you know, is somebody who tries their best. I think we can kind of overthink it and just think we're not worthy, but you so are. Every woman on this planet and every person is worth so, so much. But here's the thing, like nobody else is going to hand you uh, a, a green card that says like, you're good to go. Here's the green light. It's really your decision. You have to believe in yourself before anybody else will believe you and what you're saying and what you are promoting. I think people give you the benefit of the doubt up front, but then we can kind of self-sabotage by doubting ourselves, and there's no reason to. Believe that you can do it, and if if you can't, it's okay to stumble and figure it out, but um, say if you're an esthetician and you are showing up to work, you're going to that studio, you're putting the products in your hands and you're putting them on your clients, you're an esthetician. There, you have the license. There is, <laughs> there is so much more evidence that you are competent in what you are doing versus evidence that you don't know what you're doing. So you have to make the conscious choice to believe in yourself. Nobody else is going to do that for you. And I think that is a life lesson if you can learn it early it's just so helpful and I don't want anybody to waste their time doubting themselves because that's time you can put into leveling up and getting to the next level. So level one has to be just believing in yourself. There's really no reason not to. Anything you want to do or be, you truly can become that. And I talk to a lot of a lot of friends who doubt themselves. And I've had a lot of years of doing that. I think more recently, I think especially when you are pushed to be on your own and you don't have, you know, somebody else to rely on or ask, what do you think about this? Or, you know, kind of get a second opinion on, you just have to start trusting yourself kind of to survive and to move forward. Nobody else is going to do that for me. So I think in having to do that and having no other option, you kind of figure it out. I think something I would recommend is doing things that make you uncomfortable and even trying to live somewhere that's not your hometown, somewhere you grew up. I think getting out of your comfort zone, I would say that has been really, really imperative to my personal development and growth 
living in places where you have to try to learn a new language or you see a different culture around you that's not familiar. I think those things are so important and you don't have to go to another country and, you know, everyone's circumstances are different. But I think just at some point in your 20s, especially even for a week, if you can get out of, uh, you know, your immediate comfortable environment and go somewhere alone safely, but go somewhere and spend time alone and um, kind of step into yourself in a new environment, I think that is huge because nothing, nothing great happens in our comfort zone, you know? So as far as the imposter syndrome, I would say let go of that label. It's doing absolutely nothing for you. Tell yourself you are competent. You are capable. You are more than deserving of being in whatever position you are in. And the attitude needs to be, if not me, then who? Like who else is more deserving if you want it badly enough step into those shoes. Don't let somebody else take it from you who doesn't even want it half as bad. So don't stand in your own way is is the best advice I think I can give. Advice for working in a spa in your 20s, feeling like you are stuck and you don't know where to go from here. Yeah, I totally, totally hear this. I worked in two spas in my 20s. Yeah, it was just two. And you know, it's never it's never super easy to leave a job because you probably feel like I'm going to let somebody down. It's uncomfortable to have that conversation with somebody. You really have to put yourself first in these situations and I don't want this to come across insulting in any way, but it's just the reality. As employees, we are so replaceable and you could be very valuable. You could be very special. You could totally bring something important to the table and also be easily replaceable. So do remember that. Put yourself first before you put these large companies first that will be able to hire somebody if you want to leave. And and that's okay. That's the way it works. You were trained and somebody after you will be trained. So do not ever stay in a job because you feel like, oh, I need to have one year on my resume for this job to be meaningful. Definitely, definitely don't agree with that. And it was something I think that got so ingrained in me, I think especially in the time that I grew up in, which was very much about resumes. And I'm I'm sure resumes are still a thing, but I felt like there was so much pressure on that when I was going to college. And I just always felt like I had to have a certain length of time on a piece of paper. But your happiness is it as cheesy as it sounds, it's the most important thing because when you're happy, you are excited to go to work. You're happy to be there with your clients and you should be somewhere you are excited. You're learning, you're exposed to new things, and hopefully you can glean what you can from working for somebody else and take that to maybe doing something for yourself or just the best possible 
opportunity for you, but you're never, ever stuck. There's really no situation where you are stuck, especially not in a job, unless for some reason you are under some weird illegal contract. You can leave at any time and they will find somebody else. So I hope that's a comfort to know that if you leave, they will be able to find somebody to take over and you can then go on with your best life. I am somebody who can struggle with anxiety and I know this is easier said than done to just quit a job. I'm trying to put myself in in your shoes and I'm remembering when I did work for other people and I do remember that feeling of yeah, just so much pressure, feeling like you're letting somebody down. Like I know what it's like to feel stuck, but you really are so mobile. You're so flexible. You you can move any way you want. So what I would do is get a piece of paper out and start just let yourself write about dream opportunities. If your dream is to own a space one day, Think about what that would look like. If you feel like you still need more experience, look at other spas in your area. Go get services. Find places that you are genuinely drawn to and attracted to. I'll tell a quick story about the first spa that I ever worked at. It had a great reputation. It was a cool place to work. I think I was kind of drawn in by the shiny image around it and the branding. And once I actually got in the job, it was really mostly retail, like 75% selling retail to customers on the floor. There was one treatment room for... I think five estheticians and the senior estheticians got first choice. So I would get in there a couple times a week, which is not enough to really hone your skills. So I started to feel unsatisfied and like I just was not growing there. And I did feel some guilt like I just started this job. I don't want to leave that. I kind of put that in bad, like bad girl category. I I shouldn't do that. I should just be a good girl, stay in this job, like put my head down and stay. But oh my gosh, like I can't even, I can't even put into words all I would have missed out on had I done that and kind of stuck with the good girl conditioning. I think a lot of us are taught. When I was at this job, however, I really kept my ears open. And when customers clients would come in. I was always talking to them about their skin history. A lot of them would tell me they were going to this other spa for regular treatments. And I kept hearing rave review after rave review. So I kind of just made a mental note, like I need to check this place out. And that's when I decided to reach out. I sent my resume and kind of just cold emailed them asking if we could set up a time for an informational interview. I always recommend this strategy for whatever job you want to go for. Don't just go by what's listed online. Truly go seek out what is most aligned with you. I've always done that, whether I worked in corporate, whether I worked in spas, it's it's always worked for me. I think there's something about intentionally aligning yourself with a goal and just making a straight line for it. I think companies are very impressed by that. 
So I would just be aware of what's around you. Consider all your options. Maybe you don't leave until you have a more a more clear-cut option, but please know you are never stuck and you owe it to yourself to go for what you want. Pros and cons of going solo straight out of SD school. I never recommend going solo straight out of SD school. Some people do pull it off. So I'd say this is like, if, if you've done that, you're the exception, not the rule. I would say generally, we do not know enough after graduating SD school to own a business. I don't think I even knew enough to give a great facial, definitely not an acne facial. Sadly, it's not something I was really taught in esthetician school. We barely covered acne. We mainly studied the European facial, lots of massage, and that was helpful to a certain extent. I, I left having knowledge of how to give a facial, but there would be absolutely no way in hell I could have gone from esthetician school to business owner. So I definitely applaud people who do that. And there are circumstances I've heard from a lot of people that have opened my eyes that some people need to do that, whether it's a lack of opportunity in their area or I don't know, some kind of circumstance like that. But I just think the more time, here's the best way I can phrase it. The more time you spend in the industry, the more jobs you have, the more experiences you are exposed to, the less your risk and liability when you open your doors as a business owner. Because once you're have opened your doors as a business owner, you are telling the world, I am extremely skilled and competent enough to put my name on a storefront. I can likely handle most client situations, conditions, things that come up in a treatment room as a business owner. And I just think fresh out of SD school, most of us are not equipped to handle these things. I was not even exposed to enough skin types, enough conditions, skin tones. I think just the number of hours you get in school is limited. And I remember it actually took getting into that second job I was telling you about where that's where I started seeing six people a day getting my hands on a good amount of people. And I started to have those first encounters where you're like, oh shit, I (laughs) don't know how to treat this skin tone because I wasn't taught in school. I don't know how to handle this severe acne client. And those experiences are the most valuable, even though in the moment you are panicking And it's not a good feeling. I always hated that feeling of like, I need to go look this up. I don't feel prepared. This person is paying me, yet I am (laughs) clueless. And now I do feel very seasoned. I feel prepared to handle pretty much anything that comes my way or figure it out. And I'm just glad I did have those experiences working for someone else where I could learn. I I would not want to have those experiences as the business owner. And we are always learning. 
but I'm glad I got a lot of the mistakes and a lot of the learning lessons out of the way. I learned a lot working for other people. And I think it's just so glazed over because we're all in a rush. Let's be honest. We all want to move to the next milestone. We all want to be instant business owners, but there's, I think, more credibility in just making sure you're really ready for it. And I think that can vary person to person. So ask yourself, am I truly ready and prepared to safely handle all skin conditions? If not, there's no harm in waiting. You can learn so much in one year, two years, three years as an esthetician. And, you know, once you're a business owner, that might be the path you stick with for life. Those one to three years are nothing. Like uh, that's nothing in the grand scheme of things. I think it is just a more respectable thing to really make sure you're ready. It's for the safety of the public and anybody who walks in your doors. And, you know, if you're somebody who has a Yelp page, has a way for people to review you, people can pick up on your level of skill. They can pick up on your customer service on the way you talk with people, even that alone is something you need to get experience with. And I would recommend doing it for somebody else. So there's always exceptions, you know, to the rule, but I'm not a big advocate of starting a business right out of school. The other thing is you really just, you don't know what you don't know financially. Are you ready for that kind of investment? You know, some people might have the have the means, but maybe they don't have the knowledge or they have the knowledge, but they don't have the financial means. I would just wait until all of your ducks are in a row. It's better to have a cushion and just really understand all of the bills, all of these supplies, the insurance cost, the rent cost, all of these things. I think there's a lot of surprises as a business owner, even you know people you need to hire out for, accountants, maybe help with taxes, those kind of things are expenses to keep in mind. I would say your average person who graduates from esthetician school is not ready for all of those things unless you've been a business owner before. So that's my personal opinion. There may be people who disagree, but it's just what I would recommend to the widest range of people. Okay, the next question is making friends as an adult. This is a really good one. You know, I feel like everyone is, is probably a little bit different with this, but if making friends is a big priority, I would just like, as simple as it sounds, put yourself in a position to do that. Maybe it's moving to a place that has more people your age around you. For me, I did want to have a more social living experience because the past five years I've been living in a more kind of isolated area. There haven't been a lot of people my age around me and I've felt a bit lonely. So I wanted to move to an area where I was going to be around more people. So I actually moved into a complex that I would say has a pretty 
decent demographic for young professionals, people my age. And every single day I see somebody new walking their dog in the elevator, going to pick up my mail. So there's just more opportunities to do that. Whereas like living in a house the way I was prior, I rarely, I would run into, you know, somebody my age like once every month. I don't know. So, you know, putting yourself in those positions. If you can't live around people you want to meet, maybe sign up for clubs. I also think social media is as bad of a rap as it gets. I've made so many amazing lifelong friends through social media and I am honestly so grateful for that. I feel like a majority of my girlfriends that I consider my social circle, they're new friends I've made from Instagram. Like it's either that or childhood friends I've had my whole life. So I think social media can actually be great. If you are an esthetician, it almost feels like a little bit of a sorority. I just feel like all of the guys and girls are kind of already connected in this little inner circle. So it does feel very safe, I think, to reach out to each other, to chat. I know there's Facebook groups, all these kinds of things, but I think that goes for any professional field. There's probably some type of social network where you can link up with people. And I I just think nowadays it's since we are all kind of connected on social media, it's not weird to ask somebody to go to a workout class, grab a coffee or a tea, even run an errand together, go for a little walk after work. I know activities like pickleball are becoming so much more popular. Um, so I think like if there's something recreational around you, that's something I'm looking forward to doing, like asking if somebody wants to go play basketball or play pickleball. I think, yeah, that's really fun. And it's not weird. The worst they can say is no or, you know, uh, not get back to you. And honestly, who cares? If so, just move on to the next. But you could gain a lifelong friend from it. So I say go for it. I feel like something good, something really good, like a lifelong relationship or friendship can come from a quick DM. So you never know. I say take the chance. Okay, the next one is how to not feel discouraged as a new SD. I still feel like there is so much more I have to learn. I totally hear that because I do think the first, I'd say at least two years out of SD school are low-key like really hard because you have this new title as a skin professional yet you really don't know much and I think here's the reason like we we harp on SD school a lot and we say you know you just don't learn anything there you learn the basics you're getting familiar with the material and I think everyone has to go through that initial period of like hearing things for the first time, like learning what the epidermis is and learning what pigmentation is or acne is. So you kind of need those fundamentals, but 
the years that follow getting out of esthetician school are so crucial. And this is why I don't recommend opening a business straight away. You haven't had the real life experiences. You've had your classmates, maybe you've had random people for, you know, spa hours that you've worked on, but there is nothing like actually working in a job where you're being paid and there is a different level of pressure from real people to get a result because the people who come to you in SD school, yeah, there could be some expectation, but I think the expectation is low because the prices are low and they know you're a student and you're learning. But as soon as you, you know, have those scrubs on, as soon as you are in the treatment room, you are the expert. So I think that's where it feels hard because you have to get some years under your belt. You have to make some mistakes to get better. And there's no other way to do that than kind of go through, as my friend Josh calls it, the messy middle. And That's why it's so hard. You have to have those first-time experiences. I've had horror stories I've shared before. You have to have those uncomfortable moments. You have to have those client complaints that can really hurt our feelings, but they all make you better. So don't let it discourage you as a new SD. Take the information. Take the learning lessons. Give yourself a little break because you are new and nobody nobody really reasonably should as a new esthetician expect you to be perfect. So don't be hard on yourself and just learn from it and be better the next time. It's only a bad experience if you waste that learning lesson. If you take something valuable from it and just get better for the next person, it's It's so valuable, you would probably pay for it. So just know going into your first couple years as an esthetician, you are going to have some speed bumps. You're going to make some mistakes. Don't get defensive. Just learn from it and be better. That's all there is to it. Nobody is great (laughs) right out of esthetician school. The best names in the industry that we all look up to went through the exact same thing. We all had to suck at massages and extractions and being awkward with people and you just get better and you get more comfortable and it gets so much more fun as you learn and as you get better. And then you show up every single day a little bit more confident, or at least you should. There is a lot to learn, and that really never ends. I think if you're in the industry, that should be something that excites you because there's always going to be more. We're always going to be humbled. We're always going to think something is true. And then new information might come out, just like the new information that's come out about you know, mineral and chemical filters that it's not true. Mineral just reflects and chemical absorbs. They actually both absorb and convert some level of heat in the skin. So we're always doing new research. We're always learning and we evolve. So that's okay. Just remain ever curious. Discouraged does not need to be in the vocabulary. We are ever curious. We are ever learning and growing.
a little bit similar. The next question is how to be more confident in the treatment room. I think it starts with you and yourself and being confident as a person and being confident in the task at hand. I think when you are new at anything, when it's a new environment, there's people around you and you you aren't familiar, it is going to take a little time. I've always felt like with every job I've had, it's taken me about three months to get comfortable in that job. So give yourself a little window. You're not going to show up on day one and be perfect. You just have to learn, learn the ropes. But I would suggest also really digging a little bit deep and talking to yourself about just what's going on in your day-to-day dialogue with yourself. Are you picking things apart, which we all do to some extent, but are you kind of obsessively picking things apart about yourself? Do you have a negative dialogue in your head? Just what do your day-to-day thoughts look like? I feel like that is such a powerful lesson for everybody to do. I want you to start noticing when you look in the mirror or when you walk into the treatment room, when you are working on a client, let's just observe without any judgment what are the thoughts that you are having Are you just beating yourself up through the whole treatment? Because I can guarantee you if if your inner dialogue is negative, if you're just thinking, oh my gosh, I should have done that movement slower, that was so weird, that extraction sucked, I don't know. If you're telling yourself a negative feedback loop, you are not going to manifest confidence, the treatment probably is going to be so-so because people do pick up on that. And this is all difficult inner work that I think can take years. But I think the first step is just noticing the thought patterns you have, even noticing is there a skill that I'm lacking that is just showing up day after day that's causing me to kind of stumble over myself. It could even be checking people out at the front desk. I used to really loathe that because I <laughs> the software gave me anxiety. I felt like Somebody showed me how to do it once, and after that, I was afraid to ever ask again. So if I would be left at the spa alone to close and check people out every time I would get anxious, and that would prevent me from communicating as best as I could. And the better thing to do in that situation would just be to pull my you know, my supervisor aside and say, hey, could you just give me a refresher on the software? I I just want to make sure I'm doing this as optimally as possible for the customer experience. Something like that. Or say in your facial extractions are a point of weakness. Notice that. And maybe you can take Douglas Preston's class on extractions or maybe 
Similarly, your boss could walk you through the correct extraction method. I think just being very aware and being honest about points of weakness, which we all have. We all have our favorite things. We all have the things we're most comfortable with in treatments and in working on skin. Pay attention to the areas of weakness if that's something you need to be doing in your day-to-day because If you can master that, for one, I think that thing that you used to feel insecure about can actually become your favorite thing. It can become really exciting because it was a challenge that you overcame. That can actually give you more confidence and just kind of boost your spirit for the whole treatment. So that's one thing, just kind of observing. And two, I would say trying to switch thoughts to just like a more neutral dialogue. If you're constantly beating yourself up, you don't have to do a 180 and feel like you're the best ever, but giving yourself space to feel a little bit more neutral about things and, you know, hype yourself up when you're doing something well, we have to be our own best hype man, especially if you are a solo esthetician, which By the way, I guess we all are solo estheticians because we are individuals. We are working alone. So who else is really going to be your best hype man? Even if you have great coworkers, a great boss, at the end of the day, when that door closes, it is just you and you have to stand on your own and nobody else in this world is going to want to see you succeed the way you want to succeed. And, you know, we might be supportive of each other. We want others to do well, but nobody wants you to do better than them. That's just the honest truth. So you can, you know, be your own worst critic and kind of be a victim of that, or you can truly be your own best cheerleader. And that's the option I suggest. You have two choices. And I think the second choice is just a much better life for you and for me and for all of us. So that is what I recommend. The next one is, (laughs) okay, the next one is from Annie Skin, and she also sent me a voice note. So Annie, if you're listening, completely meant to get back to you, but I'm going to get back to you now on the podcast. So she was saying she's relatively clear now, but she's she wants to find what her acne trigger was. She says, I've managed it, but I never found the original trigger. So this is something that I want to touch on a little bit. I think with acne, it's obviously extremely complex. It is multifactorial. There can be many factors that worsen acne. It could be something like your health, inflammation, autoimmune, autoimmune that kind of indirectly affects hormones. It could be environmental. It could be a city you live in. I'm not saying this is a total cause of acne, but for some people, certain situations worsen it. Living in a home that has mold in it, it could be 
taking a certain medication, being on a certain birth control, could be stress at the time, could be a specific dietary or nutrition trigger, or it could have been a certain sensitivity for your body at the time. But what I will say is we know acne starts in the follicle. It manifests when we have oil, dead skin cells, and bacteria that accumulate in the follicle and essentially cause a blockage. There are so many lifestyle factors that could affect any of those things in addition to hormones and hormonal fluctuations. For example, for example, birth control obviously affects hormones. It can also affect oil production. If you are taking a biotin supplement, that's going to increase keratin, therefore increase dead skin cells that get trapped in the follicle. But at the end of the day, those three things, the oil, the bacteria, the skin cells, that's really the root of acne. Other things may may elevate those levels, but for some people, it's even as simple as a predisposition to one of those things. Maybe you naturally produce excess keratin. We know that is one of the main reasons people can be acne prone. So when we talk about finding a root cause, it can really vary person to person. For myself, I know stress, certain dietary triggers I was consuming actually in my 20s were really worsening my acne. I was also using (laughs) crazy, crazy products on my skin. I would switch all the time because I didn't have the confidence that anything was working. I wasn't on a correct regimen or doing things to interrupt the acne process correctly. I was just trying a million new things at Sephora, at the drugstore, putting tea tree on my skin, uh, using harsh peel pads, all the things. At one point, I even used, I think it was Nair, some kind of hair removal. And that really kind of kickstarted the worst acne flare I had ever had. And then it kind of became a compounding effect of different makeup products. And I think my sleep and stress were also really problematic at the time. I'm kind of rambling right now, but I think my point with all of this is sometimes there's a root cause. Sometimes there's many factors in somebody's lifestyle that kind of add up together and it's a compounding effect. But for somebody else, it could be as simple as having an excess predisposition to keratin production and not interrupting the acne process sufficiently. So Finding the root cause, it's something you always want to investigate and we want to make sure, like, for one, is there something internal that we need to look at? Is your body waving some sort of red flag to pay attention to this? Maybe you are somebody with a strong genetic predisposition and that's the main factor. I find with most acne sufferers, it's rarely ever one thing. Um, even if it is something as simple as being on the wrong birth control, I do find usually that 
same person isn't correctly interrupting the acne process with the correct topicals, and they might be doing things that promote inflammation or bacteria. So it's so case by case, and it's it's hard to know if you're not you know, that person anymore because how can you completely trace back all of the exact things going on in your lifestyle at that time? But I think this is a really good lesson for any acneic individual. Once you do interrupt that process, once the acne is managed correctly, you want to keep doing those things for life. Whether there was a root cause or not, the important thing is to keep interrupting the acne process, keep doing things in your lifestyle that support the condition because acne will always need to be managed in the follicle. We always have to interrupt that acne process no matter what the triggers were. So it would be cool to know, but you know, it's, it's close to impossible to know for sure. Even if you broke out tomorrow, there is no clear-cut way to perfectly identify where it came from. We know acne can take up to three months to kind of come to fruition, and it can be a mix of so many things going on at once, and that's what acne is. It is multifactorial, so there usually is not one true cause of the acne. Generally, it's quite a few things kind of creating the perfect storm of events. How to stay motivated slash disciplined in life slash business. I have no one holding me accountable and it's hard. Yeah, I feel like this is a really great question, especially on the topic of being in your 20s. And I should have clarified this earlier, but I posted a question box basically asking people in their 20s what they're struggling with. How can I help? I think your 20s are unique because you go from kind of being in a system, being in school, or having a parent or guardian have certain expectations telling you what your schedule is, telling you what the expectations are. And then all of a sudden you might graduate high school or college and suddenly be in the workforce and there's nobody to tell you to do those things. So for sure it's an adjustment needing to tell yourself to do that. And I would say one thing to know is that nobody is motivated 100% of the time. I definitely look to people on social media and I can get discouraged because it seems like, okay, they are just winning every single day. Like (laughs) they're constantly motivated showing up. They never have a bad day, but I promise you they do. They might just not show that or you might not see it. I think kind of the difference with people who are successful and people who aren't as successful as they could be is how long you let yourself stay unmotivated. And it's not always bad to be unmotivated. Sometimes we just have those lulls and we need to get re-inspired. You need to check in with yourself and ask what you could do to, I think, get a little uncomfortable and just get more excited about life. Can you change something about your routine? Is it the job itself? 
what can you do? Can you set some goals for yourself? I think everybody is a little bit different with that, but yeah, I've gone through period, like so many different phases in my life. You're going to be motivated to different degrees by different things at different periods in your life. In school, I was motivated by grades. When I worked in a corporate environment, I was very motivated to impress my boss, to have different experiences at my job, to be the best at my job. And then there was a day when I did not care about those things and I had to move on to the next thing and really ask myself, what could I do that would make me excited? And my option at the time made no sense because I wanted to go to esthetician school when I had a a good job and an okay salary and I was in a cool, fun industry, but I stopped being motivated, excited, and I could not picture the next step or level. So I had to make a change. I think working for myself now, I can definitely relate in that I have no boss, you know, telling me what to do. I could take a day off if I wanted to and not see clients. I could not record a podcast or do what's on my to-do list. And for the most part, nobody would notice. It, It really just depends on like what you want for yourself. And I think your 20s is also about having experiences that show you what you don't want in life. You might be living with, you know, three roommates and you have that experience. You might not like where you live. And that's valuable because you get motivated to find something else. I've definitely gone through that recently. I think your environment can can be very important in terms of motivation. I think I realized I had to be somewhere I enjoyed where I was excited to wake up and go outside and I kind of realized where I was. I couldn't make a list of things I wanted to do if I tried. Like there was no motivation to be social, to go out and do new things cuz it just wasn't, you know, a fit for me and moving to somewhere where I feel a lot more aligned and connected and happy for some reason, I'm a lot more motivated in life. So sometimes you need to change your surroundings. Sometimes you need to change your day-to-day. Sometimes it could be your attitude. Sometimes it is a matter of discipline and creating a schedule for yourself. I think everybody's different with that. Some people need you know, a crazy itinerary and things highlighted and that helps them stay on track. I am very just not that way. That doesn't work for me. I keep everything in my head for the most part. I'm oddly very efficient at uh, kind of like making a to-do list in my head and going off of that. But there's people with businesses who would not be able to work with that. So you just need to get, I think, uh, honest with yourself and kind of take that into consideration. The other thing I'd say is 
if you just need a break, if you've gone through a lot, if you've overexhausted yourself, that's also something to be aware of and give yourself grace and rest if you need that. Sometimes just space or getting out of your normal day-to-day is what you need to get re-inspired. And maybe you need a vacation. (laughs) Maybe you do need to work harder. Um, It's hard to say, but yeah, I think just checking in with yourself is, is the best way to address that. And know that motivation comes and goes. There is a false expectation that you're going to have it 100% of the time and you're bad if you don't. It's really more of a choice and just deciding the life you want to live, the person you want to be, and then doing things that really reflect that person. And I would say most days I don't show up as her, but I do keep her in mind and I get inspired by people around me. I think our industry is really cool in that there's so many estheticians doing so many different things. I don't think I get jealous in a way where it inhibits me. Like I really let it inspire me and I allow it to motivate me because there's so many successful estheticians just constantly showing up every single day branding themselves so well, sharing great information, it honestly makes me want to be better. So I think social media, it can be discouraging or it could be motivating, just depending on how how you feel about it. This last question I think is just so sweet and endearing and I want to make sure I answer it. It asks, advice for loving myself, my acne, my stomach, being single. What a perfect way to sum up, you know, all of the things I think we as people and especially young people in our 20s can feel we need to be to be loved and accepted. We can think we need to be slim. We need to be in a relationship. We need to be successful. We need to be beautiful to be worthy. And it's so far from the truth and chasing perfection, I think becomes so draining because the motivation behind it is so shallow. It's really just about impressing other people. And I don't think there's any goal in which just chasing it for the sake of other people is going to make anyone happy. When it comes to loving yourself, I think There needs to be some separation between the internal and external because I do think loving yourself comes down to really deep down. It comes down to how you feel about yourself, your relationships, how you talk to people, your integrity. Do you show up for yourself? Do you keep promises to yourself? Do you try to do right by other people? I think those are the things that really allow you to love yourself and accept yourself. As far as, you know, acne or body image issues, we all struggle with things that could always be more perfect. So you just have to know that that things could always be more perfect, even if you cleared your skin or lost the weight. And I, I see so many people who struggle with acne 
who clear their acne, who still struggle with the dysmorphia, who still just have that physical reminder ingrained in their head. And it just goes to show what reflects externally is really not always a mirror of how you feel about yourself on the inside. As far as acceptance about these things, I think it's easier to be at peace with them when you are making positive efforts and just, you know, doing your your best with them, but making sure the goal in doing that is healthy and aligned with your best interest. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to change something about your external appearance, whether it's wanting to treat your acne finally, whether it's wanting to have fitness goals, hire a trainer, get on a nutrition plan. I think all of those things can be very healthy. It just depends on, you know, how you how you do them and what the why is behind doing these things. So yeah, I think that's where like the body positivity, skin positivity movements, it can get a little convoluted. I think it gets toxic when it's just being complacent with those things because it's easier, not because it necessarily makes you happier. You have to I think just think about the intention behind behind them. Um, but who you are as a person and the relationship you have with yourself, I think we all know is so much deeper than seeing acne or seeing um, our body look a certain way. I really think it it starts with how we show up for ourselves and. I think that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about self-care. I think that is really what can bring about self-confidence and knowing that you're worth that time. You are worth the effort and the energy that you're pouring into positive, healthy habits for yourself. As long as you have those things in place, as long as you're taking care of yourself, as long as you're talking to yourself kindly that's what's most important to me. And if you do want to make certain changes, if you do want to have support or help, there's nothing wrong with that either. And when it comes to being single, I just want to tell you to think of it as an opportunity and a window of time that you have to set yourself up for the best possible life and partner that you could have. If you don't feel you are in the best place to be an amazing partner, it's time for you to invest in yourself, to level up, to grow, learn, enjoy your own company, spoil yourself, take yourself on trips, really enjoy all of those freedoms as a person who only needs to think about themselves. That's one piece of it. The second piece of it is knowing you have an opportunity to find the best possible partner for you. And that's something to think very seriously about because it's probably the biggest the biggest decision you will ever make 
is the person you decide to spend your life with, especially if you plan to have children. You want to be with somebody who makes your life easier and better, who elevates you, who appreciates and sees you for who you are and brings overall positivity to your life rather than drama or anxiety or worry. When you are single, you have endless options to explore. You can meet as many people as you want and you want to choose the best possible partner who is going to be with you through thick and thin, who may be, if you want to have children, the most amazing father and example for them. So I think when you think about it that way, it's so much less of like a scramble to just find somebody to fill that spot so that you're not alone. That kind of excitement is fleeting it's short term because eventually you get you get used to having another person and then you have no more opportunities to meet anyone else and set yourself up for your dream life so really think of being single as precious sacred time to work on yourself and maybe find somebody who is worthy but yeah, if if you're feeling like being single is a negative thing, take a step back and really think about what you want and raise your expectations for the dating pool people you're going to be meeting because I just think I know myself in my 20s my standards were not what they should have been and I I put myself through a lot of heartache, spending time with with people who just didn't have the ability to be what I deserved. And um, I think now I just, having had a lot of experiences with dating, having seen how a lot of men treat women and how low, it's sad to say, but how low the bar really is is for the majority. Um, It just really makes me want to tell you to really expect a lot more of, of the people you date and let into your life. Really only accept somebody who makes your life better. It's not about just filling the spot and getting into a relationship. It's, again, about finding the best possible person for you. And everyone has different things that they look for and like and need in a person, but just know they should really add to your life. And until you meet that person, it's really not worth your time. That time is so much better spent working on yourself, learning about something new, starting a business, improving yourself. That is really, really precious time that you do you know, give away when you are in a relationship. So I would treasure this time.